0: No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify Eye Drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. Hey guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode of our Kardashian Voter Show. Hey, Hi, I am. What are the odds that on Monday's episode, we spend five minutes talking about Martha Stewart as an all-time Hall of Famer commenter, and then today she's just spending the day with Chloe and Chris? Forget about today. What about her crashing Justin's birthday party yesterday? I have to tell you that that Justin Makita comment we posted about Martha being Dumois and then us doing the follow-up with her and the other celebrities was one of my favorite posts we've done recently.
1: Even today, I was looking at it and I was like, wow, that
0: was good work. It's like when you watch your own Insta story over and over again. Okay, so a lot happening Kardashian-wise. First, I am absolutely thrilled and honored to report to all of you and share in our collective celebration the fact that As of today, Wednesday, March 2nd, 2022, Kim Kardashian has officially been declared single. Baruch Hashem. Right? I mean, there's an audience applause if we had a fucking track. Uh, I wish I was an iCarly right now. I am just so overjoyed. And I don't know if you guys saw Laura Wasser, who's Kim's divorce lawyer. She posted a selfie with the caption, nice try, which was so subtle yet so clearly targeted at Kanye and his now fourth lawyer. And it just felt really good. Laura Wasser is one of those people where I think that if you asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up at a certain age, I think I probably would have said Laura Wasser. I honestly think that even today, if you asked me out of all of the kind of fame adjacent people who I'd want to have dinner with the most, she's not my number one, but she's high on that list. I understand it wouldn't be that rewarding of a conversation because of the attorney client privilege, but I still think she would have some stories or just something, a semblance of something that she could share. Oh, I don't know. I don't think you would get anything out of her. I'm just curious the way that she operates because you can't be as successful as she is. Of course, she's super intelligent and all of those other things, but there has to be a way that she conducts herself that is just so sharp and like beautifully calculated, and I would love to just observe that. I can't wait for
1: the day where we get to do a podcast and there's nothing Kanye even
0: remotely to report on. I know. And we're not even remotely there, unfortunately, but just to give everybody a few more specifics about the hearing. So obviously Kim's single status has been restored, but there were three conditions that Kanye's lawyer brought up. The first is that any right to get reimbursement of money that was supposed to be divided up will be preserved in the case that either of them dies. The judge granted that. And then there were two other conditions that the judge opposed. The first was that Kim would not transfer any assets she had in trust, and that if she remarries, she would waive the, quote, marital privilege. And the judge said no to both of those last two. So keep in mind, by the way, all of this is happening on the same day that Kanye fired his third lawyer and has now just hired Samantha Spector, who's a lawyer that represented Dr. Dre's ex-wife in her divorce.
1: We definitely end up dealing with a lot more law lingo than I expected to. Yeah, I
0: mean... (laughs) I would be lying if I said I have any sort of a real understanding of this, but I did enough reading to kind of maybe understand a little bit, although I couldn't explain it to anyone in any detail other than what I just did.
1: I can't believe that at the beginning of this separation, like the very beginning, when we spoke about this, we were like, you know what? We know what their prenup looks like. Their assets are completely separate. They stayed separate. I can't imagine an issue with custody. Like We think this is going to be a really easy separation and a really easy divorce process. And God, were we so wrong? And I almost, I don't know if I feel like foolish or stupid for thinking that in the first place, or if it was such a reflection of the way Kanye's behavior has so clearly changed over time where
0: it's like, wow, we actually really didn't see this coming. I personally feel foolish. And the reason I feel foolish is because I think I was giving Kanye too much credit. And what I mean by that was I didn't even consider the reality in discussing all of this that Kim was going to be dating someone else, not because she wouldn't have, just as you know, we really struggled with even trying to come up with a person. And I think that if I would have taken my thinking a step further and thought, okay, there's a very legitimate possibility that over the course of this divorce taking place that Kim is going to start seeing someone else, I think we should have had the foresight to know, even though it's wrong, that that would have completely set Kanye off and that I feel really stupid for not acknowledging or not even thinking of.
1: I could have seen him being set off. And by no means am I surprised by the behavior he's exhibited over the past couple of months. I think it would be, I mean, really, really ridiculous to say that this came out of nowhere. It's so clearly not the case. I just, there's still a part of me that Just didn't expect it to go down like this. I mean, because there's a spectrum, right, where you could have guessed in terms of the way Kanye would have acted. And the absolute best case scenario was that it would have been easy and that custody would have been no problem and everything would have been in the prenup and therefore there would have been no need for large litigation or whatever is happening here. And then you have the opposite end of the spectrum, which is worst case scenario, which is like, we're almost at that. Like the way Kanye acting right now in the social media posts and the tearing Kim down publicly, that's almost the other end of the spectrum. And so when we were discussing it, I think like, yeah, we were a little foolish for thinking it would be the lighter end of the spectrum. But I think that I really didn't expect it to go to where it did.
0: Wait, by the way, I think that we have reached peak opposite end of the spectrum. I mean, him releasing that music video for Easy, which we will get into, where you literally see him bearing what appears to be Pete Davidson, that's peak. I mean, think about it if this wasn't Pete, right? So let's go back a few months. Before Kim is dating Pete, and we're just talking about this all hypothetically, if I said to you it was gonna get to the point where Kanye would... After weeks and weeks of public attacks on Kim's boyfriend, again, this person that we're talking about is nameless, so try to remove Pete from it. On top of that, he was then going to release a music video where he's shown burying an animation of this boyfriend. And on top of that, at the end, words on the screen basically saying, this guy better watch out for his life. We would have said to one another, okay, that is peak. That is worst case scenario. So as far as I'm concerned, we've reached worst case scenario.
1: I think the thing that was keeping me from saying fully worst case scenario was that I was like shy of actual violence is what I
0: was kind of getting at. Oh, oh, yes, of course. I didn't mean that. Of That obviously is absolute worst case, but I'm just saying in terms of like the stuff that we have been familiar to in the past, meaning some of his behavior on social media or some of the way that he has expressed himself. And a lot of times beautifully through art, this is that. You know, I have to say it's really interesting
1: watching all of this happen at the same time as his documentary is coming out. And I don't just mean the reaction from people that seem to forget about all the harm that he's caused just because of the genius in music and art that he's been able to create, because I have seen a lot of that. I just mean like to be able to see the juxtaposition between Kanye when he was coming up and what is happening now is so stark and for it to happen at the exact same time is really
0: something to witness. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I have not watched the documentary yet. And I would like to because I've heard really wonderful things. I think people seem to really be enjoying it. And you're reminded from what I've heard of so many of the parts of Kanye that really deserve to be celebrated and his artistic talent and all of those other things. But it's just a shame that the way he's been acting towards Kim, in my opinion, lessens the strength of what could have been a really impactful movie.
1: It absolutely lessens it because, I mean, it lessens everything about him, in my opinion. I I don't think that you get to get away with the way that you act just because you had such an incredible rise to fame and you're so passionate and so driven and so hardworking and all of those things get to stand. I just. It lessens you when you start acting like this towards your ex-wife and you put her and her boyfriend and everybody in danger. It's emotional abuse, and that deserves to lessen your brand and your legacy.
0: So Mother's Day is coming up, and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom, because realistically, no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. And I've told you guys about them before, but specifically as the weather is getting warmer, their linen dresses, like such an easy throw on, so comfortable, such good quality. To me, if you put on a linen dress with a pair of white sneakers, a little cardigan over your shoulders, to me, that is such a chic look. Also, their washable silk blouses, they are so comfortable, but you look so put together. They have great like scoop neck t-shirts, just comfortable, easy, staples like that is what i like about them i think that you can really build just a quality wardrobe collection with their essentials and the best part is that all quince items are priced 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands so by partnering directly with top factories quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and then passes those savings on to us and quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes Get warm, rather ready with quince. Go to quince.com slash CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash CBC. I actually wanted to touch on something from last week that we didn't get into. We purposely held off because we wanted to wait until more of the dust has settled. But earlier last week, before she been officially declared single. Kim was literally begging the judge to sign off on the divorce paper saying that Kanye's social media posts were causing, quote, emotional distress. And in her statement, she said, I very much desire to be divorced. Kanye has been putting a lot of misinformation regarding our private matters and co-parenting on social media, which has created emotional distress. And then, as we all know, Kanye's legal team's response was basically saying that the messages are hearsay and not usable in court, quote, Kim claims she read something online, allegedly by Kanye, and characterizes the post in her declaration as misinformation. Kim needed to offer the social media post into evidence and show that the posts were written by Kanye, which is so wild to me because of course I understand there's so much legal jargon that goes on and everything that has to happen here has to follow a very strict order. So I'm not saying that technically, legally, she was right, but... For your average person looking at this, not looking through the lens of a lawyer, we refer back to the actual post of Kanye holding up the yellow legal pad that said, my account is not hacked. So as much proof as we as the viewer could get, of course this is him. And so it's so frustrating when you, of course, have to follow these like legal proceedings when everybody and their mother knows what the truth is.
1: Yeah, what I assume is happening here is that This is probably a really cut and dry case in terms of what actually needs to be done. But Kanye is just trying to delay it as much as possible because he doesn't want Kim to get her way and he doesn't want Kim to be single. And so he's trying to throw whatever sticks or have his lawyers throw whatever sticks in order to delay the process. Whereas had this been a really amicable divorce, the way that their marriage and their prenup was set up in terms of their finances, was so cut and dry. It shouldn't be a delayed process like this, and they haven't even gone to the custody of it yet.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. It's I just can imagine, if you are, Kim, how deeply, deeply frustrating this is because it did not have to be like this. No, it didn't. I'm actually really curious if
1: she expected it to get to this or if she was kind of naive to what's happening.
0: I have to imagine that she didn't expect it would get this bad. But then again, I I don't really know because I don't feel like we ever have full transparency into how she was feeling about Kanye at every moment. Like That was the one aspect of her life that she chose to keep a little bit more private. And by the way, just as we have this conversation, of course, the caveat that we always add, and I still think is relevant, of course, is like none of this can be discussed without acknowledging the very real element, which is Kanye's mental health and having sensitivity to that. And the point that I will just never stop making is that the two things can happen at the same time. You can have a lot of sensitivity and genuinely hope that he gets the help that he needs. At the same time, you can acknowledge it for what it is, which is abusive. And I guess I try to put myself in the perspective of like, If somebody had never listened to our podcast before, doesn't know the way we typically talk about this, and they're just listening to this episode for the first time, that's why I feel it's important to always make that point every single time, even if it's for that one or two or three people. But it's necessary to acknowledge. In my opinion, it doesn't excuse what's happening in terms of the emotional distress Kim's being put through. No,
1: absolutely. I mean, it's also important to acknowledge, and I know we said this when we've spoken about it previously, but Being bipolar and having a bipolar diagnosis doesn't make you an unfit partner or parent. And I know we've said that before, but I think it's such an important thing to stress. And what we're seeing with Kanye right now is not an overall
0: reflection of what is always the case. I know that we've said that before, but I genuinely think out of all of this, that point that you just made is one that can never, ever be made too much. Because I I sometimes find that in this entire discourse, that gets lost and I feel like if we are actively trying to be part of the destigmatization of mental health, that's the point that has to be made. Making sure it is so abundantly clear that a bipolar disorder diagnosis or a lot of these other mental health disorder diagnoses don't make you an unfit person, partner, parent, whatever it is. It's so much more so how the person handles that diagnosis. Because by the way, after we said that a few weeks ago, whenever it was, we got a few really heartfelt messages from listeners who either have people in their family that are struggling or themselves. And they feel like that's never said enough. And I mean, I'm speaking from personal experience. I know people in my life very close to me. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like when you say that, you're also. Helping to represent them and just to make that point clear. So no, I I don't think it can be said too much.
1: No, I, I completely agree. And I, I also think that in terms of Kanye's mental health, I really hope that, and I think everyone hopes, that he gets the help he needs in order to be able to move forward. I, you know, of course what he's put Kim through recently, it, it will always stick with her and will always stick with her family and will always be there. But I really do hope that there is a resolve in this situation that he is able to get the help he needs for his kids and so that he can have a really active role in their lives. And it really would be a shame to see it not play out like that. And I do think that there's hope that it will.
0: I think that there is too, because I think that they both really love those kids more than anything. And I think that that's what it's going to come down to. Of course. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. So just going back to the video quickly, which I really don't want to give too much air time, but I do think it's worthy of a brief discussion. You guys remember a few weeks ago, we talked about the lyrics Kanye had released for his song, Easy, and one of them was, God save me from this crash just so I can beat Pete Davidson's ass. And he now released the music video, and it's with the game. And like I said earlier, it features him and an animated Pete Davidson, and you see Kanye literally burying him. And at the very end of the video, there is writing on the screen that appears that says, everyone lived happily ever after except Skeet, and that's crossed out. And then he says, you know who. JK, he's fine. It's just disgusting. I mean, like, I don't find this – You know that TikTok that's like, I don't find you funny. I don't find you entertaining. That's how I feel about this. Totally.
1: Like, it, it's not even worth dis- – I mean, it is worth discussing in the sense of it's important to point out the fact that, like, this isn't funny in the slightest, but it's almost not worth discussing. It's like, I don't want to give you any more attention for this, like, ridiculous display that you have going on because it is just – It's so absurd and so not funny and so bordering, if not at the point of being dangerous, that it's like,
0: at at what point does someone stop him? That's my question. Or try to. Okay. So that's my question. When you say stop him, do you mean legally or do you mean someone in his team creatively that could maybe step in and say, you know what, maybe this isn't a good idea? Because To me, I really do believe that Kanye values a diversity in opinions. I think that he can appreciate what people have to say, but I just get the feeling that he has a lot of yes-men on his team and I don't foresee him surrounding himself with someone that would say this is a bad idea because the way that I envision it, whether or not this is accurate, is that if Kanye proposed that idea in a meeting, the first person that said no, he would say, you can kindly excuse yourself.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess stop him isn't the right word. He definitely surrounds himself by a lot of yes men. And I think that throughout his career, he's kind of lost contact with a lot of his friends is how it seems to me. And I don't know if that's for the reason of disagreeing with him. And so he dropped them. I think most recently we were looking at Kid Cudi being like, wow, this is a person that you've had in your life for so many years that was kind of like A really centering force for you. Like Kanye was so quick to not want somebody in a circle that had any sort of disagreement or difference of opinion in terms of this current path that he's on. And also one of the things with Kanye and the people that he surrounds himself with is for the most part, these are people that really look up to him. And I almost can't blame them for that. If you grew up in the music industry and you grew up watching Kanye and he was one of your heroes, it's hard to turn that switch off in your head. And so I do think that a lot of people that are in his orbit are people that look up to him in a way that Kanye expects to be looked up to. So yeah, I guess stop him isn't the right word. I wish he had somebody in his circle that was looking out for him in a way that wasn't just, wow, you're a god to me. It was more like, you're really important to me and I care about you and therefore I need you to know that like what you're doing isn't right and what you're doing isn't the right way to go about things and you need help in order to get there. And the fact of the matter is, I think for so long, that was Kim. And so I do feel like that's been lost for him and it's something that he's not going to find so easily. And it's definitely not something that he's looking for
0: or seeking out. Completely. And on top of just saying, you know, this isn't the right thing to do, I also wonder if someone would ever come at it from the angle of like, listen, we think this is a good idea. We understand where you're coming from, but in terms of your divorce situation and in terms of advancing things with Kim, this is not the way to do it. You know, almost taking it from more of a strategy perspective than like, this is just objectively a wrong and really mean and borderline scary thing to do to a human being because I don't think that that message is going to resonate with him. I wonder if maybe the strategy argument would come into play, but I don't know because in addition to anything else going on with Kanye, you're also dealing with an extreme and self-proclaimed narcissist. So that's also a huge issue at play. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's hard to watch this play out the way it is. Yeah. And the other thing that I do want to mention, I know we had a few people DM us this, is that Pete for years has openly struggled with his mental health. He's been incredibly transparent with some of the things that he's gone through. And so knowing that, I think that you naturally look at this from almost a different lens because you know what he may be going through while receiving it. And It's important to note that no matter who the person on the receiving end is, this is just objectively wrong. I just think that knowing that information about Pete, it hits a little harder because because you just feel for what he may be going through additionally.
1: Yeah, I do actually think that's something that's been lost in all of this, which is Pete's mental health as well, because he has been so open about it, both kind of jokingly on SNL, specifically prior to dating Kim when he told Kanye to take the meds which was a very famous quote of his that I think Kanye actually posted on his Instagram at the peak of all of this. But also Pete has done very serious interviews where he's spoken about how difficult his mental health struggles have been and how scary it's been at times and his suicidal ideation and a lot of stuff. And so I think that a lot of people look at this kind of jokingly because it is so ridiculous to see what Kanye is posting. And It almost removes Pete from the conversation, but I have to imagine that all of this is really affecting him. And, you know, I have a lot of respect. I've always been a Pete Davidson fan, obviously, but more so as a comedian and as I I don't want to say a heartthrob, but a heartthrob in my mind. But I do have a lot of respect for the way that it seems as if he is handling all of this and the way he's been by Kim's side during this. Cause I can't imagine that it's been easy for him. And I think obviously so much of our attention is on Kim and the struggle that she's had to go through with this, but yeah, I, I have to imagine that there is a lot on Pete's plate as well. And a lot on Pete's mind.
0: Well, it's funny because I know you said respect and then you kind of took that word back. You were struggling to find the right word. I think on top of whatever that is, also, it just shows how much he likes Kim. You know, unless you're really into this person, nothing is worth this. To me, nothing is worth this unless you really are so into that person and Kim is that person. And so it's like, it's not that I had any doubt as to the way he felt about her. Cause I think once you're in it with Kim, it's hard to be out on it. But God, I mean, seeing all this really proves that for me. Cause by the way, he doesn't need this. P doesn't need the fame. Yeah, it's fucking incredible to be dating Kim Kardashian, but it's not like he goes from dating her to being nobody. That's not what's happening here. So to me, it's just indicative of his feelings towards her. Oh,
1: I mean, it must be. And I remember a couple of months ago now, we were having this discussion about at what point does this relationship completely flip in our minds from Kim would be the one to pull the plug because she's just ready to move on to the next phase of her life to – Pete could actually end up being the one to pull the plug on this relationship because he just can't handle it anymore. And even in discussing that one point just now in terms of us having said that months ago, it is crazy to me that that much time has passed because when this relationship first started, there was no part of us that thought that we would be talking months in terms of a time period. And now not only have we are we going on months and months and months of this relationship, we're talking about from the start of, Questioning that aspect of it being months from now. Do you get what I'm saying? Like the amount of time that continues to pass in this relationship
0: continues to boggle my mind. Oh, I'm so on your page. I'm following exactly what you're saying because I think about that so often. And I actually think because what we see of them is so infrequent, or maybe so infrequent is the wrong word, but not that frequent, we almost kind of lose the sense of time a little bit. And then, you know. They're seen together and then a month goes by and they're seen together again. And all of a sudden, the time's adding up. You know, pretty soon we're going to be saying, wow, they've been together for almost a year. That's fucking wild. It, it, I really just took a moment when you
1: said a year. And we're still waiting for the big Instagram reveal, too.
0: So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like, For a very limited time, comments by celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's 50% off and unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. I know we were planning on doing the season five finale of this episode, and then we kind of just got carried away with the news, but Next week, or whenever we talk about it, we'll talk about the finale because in it, it's when her relationship with Miles Austin both intensifies and then ends. But I know it's Kim so many years ago, so I'm sure in some ways her style is different. But it is so fascinating to watch her 10 or so years ago and all of the emotion she's experiencing in this beginning phases of a new relationship and then coming back to putting that into what you think she may be doing with Pete. Because like on some level, she's still that same person. Of course, she's more grown up, but it's just so crazy to watch these two things happening at the same time. I am so happy you said that because it was a point that
1: I would have only remembered to make during the discussion of the episode, but it is so relevant to what we're talking about now, which is in the episode, one of the things with Kim and Miles that she struggles with throughout the episode is that Miles is very like, turned off by the paparazzi and it's too much for him to handle. And Kim has this moment of questioning, like, am I ever going to find somebody that is going to be able to handle this lifestyle? Like I need somebody who not only isn't afraid of the paparazzi, but actually gets it and can be around it and not flinch by it. And I think that what happened with Kim is that she had this sort of an overcorrection with Kanye where instead of finding somebody who wasn't afraid of the paparazzi. She found somebody who almost embraced it more than she did and loved the attention more than she did. And with Pete, it's almost like she's found that really great middle ground of like, he's definitely not afraid. He's definitely very, very used to it. And this is not his first prolific relationship. At the same time, it is certainly not something that he actively seeks out. And so that balance, when I was watching that, I was like, wow, That is an aspect of Pete that is so unique that really,
0: really makes their relationship work, I'm sure. I'm so glad that you said that. We're just so glad each other are making points. (laughs) That's (laughs) this entire podcast. We're just like, so glad. (laughs) That's sweet.
1: That's like, fuck podcasts that are best friends. Like, I want podcast hosts that hate each other. Like, everyone's like, I hate when they agree. Why can't they argue on one thing? I'm like, if you think it's annoying to hear us not argue on the podcast, you should hear us literally never argue once in real life.
0: It's people do you think that people know how real it is though?
1: We literally walked down the street and we're like, should we have Greek for dinner? Oh my God, that's an amazing idea. Should we have it? Yes, let's that is the best idea you that is what our conversation sounded like. It was
0: it's absolutely <laughs> sickening. I will give them that. The first time my aunt ever saw me and Julie really interact together, her biggest takeaway was like, you guys are just so enthusiastic about what each other said. Like it's as if every single point you make is the best point ever. And I, I still, I know that was years ago, but I still think it's so accurate. And I feel that way about you. Like I'll listen to you talk, and I'm like, yes, I just love what you just said.
1: I know, I, I do. I think it was the most accurate description of our friendship ever. It's
0: so funny, um, but I am glad you said that because. I do think she, she consciously overcorrected. I don't even think it was necessarily subconscious because you saw in this episode that at the first sign of Miles kind of being turned off, she was turned off. And I think sometimes it made her question herself And she was like, is
1: this life too crazy? And then she would have this moment where she was like, no, this is my life. This is always what I wanted. This is exactly what I dreamed of. Like I used to go out of my way to pick up lunch at the Ivy on Robertson just so I could be photographed by the paparazzi. I'm not going to turn my back on that now that I have what I want. And I think that each time she dated somebody new, it was that back and forth and that inner fight with herself of like, is this what I want? Yes, this is what I dream my whole life of. It's just a matter of finding somebody who I can have that with.
0: Oh my God. I mean, I'm sure we'll get into this more when we actually do the episode, but that was hands down my biggest takeaway from that episode of like... Wow, when Kim says that she knows that she was born to be famous, and I always reference that episode where she's having the conversation with Kylie, and Kylie's like, I just know that I wasn't born for this. And Courtney agrees. And Kim's like, Oh, I just know I was. She knew she was because you watch her here, and never once did she ever question, maybe, maybe I'm doing this wrong, you know, maybe I I should slow down with the paparazzi. It was always like hmm, maybe I got to find a guy that can fit into this. Like She was so clear in the fact that she knew this was the right thing for her. And I think to have that foresight, it's pretty remarkable. I mean, I can't imagine it for myself, but it's pretty remarkable. Oh,
1: it is. And that's a really good point because the questioning it, it's not that she never questioned it. It's that she only questioned it when it came to relationships. She never once had a point where something was bothering her in her own personal life that had to do with her and she questioned her fame. It was Only when she was dating somebody and the guy couldn't handle it or was too much for him or she felt uncomfortable from his point of view. Never, ever once did she feel like it wasn't right for her. And that is such a telling point in terms of her fame because there are a lot of people who are very famous who have to deal with paparazzi and who always wanted to be famous. So many of them, if not all of them, hit a point where they're like, I resent something about this lifestyle. Kim is very clear in saying, Even if that thought crosses her mind, she knows what she signed up for and she knows what she worked her whole life to get. And so she doesn't allow it to enter her orbit any further than that.
0: Yeah. I mean, this particular part about Kim is one of my favorite things to discuss. Like, I I really do feel like it could be an entire episode because I think – Uh, on some level, what that really is, if you want to simplify it, it's a level of gratitude. Like it's awareness, but it's also gratitude. I think she's really grateful for the point that she's at in her life. And I think she also has the self-awareness to know how tone deaf complaining about it would come across. And by the way, not to me. Like I still think Kim could be a fucking billionaire. And if she complains about the paparazzi, I still would get it because it's that terrifying to me. But I think that she would be met by the majority of the world with a lot of criticism and like, we don't want your tears. So it's- It's both an awareness and also a gratitude. And I think the joining of the two is really unique to her. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my God. There's so many things. The day that we eventually interview Kim and it's going to be done right. It'll be in person. It's going to be done right. Whenever that is. I don't know when, but it's going to happen. I just know it. And by the way, there's a really important something with the Pisces moon that I got to look into for manifesting, but it's just going to be so remarkable to talk to somebody where you feel like you know them so well, not in a way where like <laughs> you're trying to get inside of their head or anything, but I just think that it's such an impactful conversation when you almost feel like you're talking to your friend without it being your friend. You know, like you can just do such a better interview when you feel like you have such a good understanding of the person. You can ask such more pointed questions. Absolutely. I mean
1: I I can't tell you someone that I have a better understanding of, I think, than Kim. I mean, of somebody that I don't actually know. I know. It's crazy, right? I have to imagine that so many people feel that way. Both Kim and Chloe, really. Like there's no one else who has allowed the world so intimately into their lives after all these years. And not just their lives, their entire thought process. So yeah, I mean, I have to imagine that if you take anybody who's paid attention over the past 10, 15 years to Kim and the family, they would have the exact same response of like, it's so weird, I feel like I know her.
0: I know, which I love that we're not alone in that. And by the way- (laughs) talk about finding your group of people, like specifically the people that listen to this episode, the Kardashian bonus show, they really get it.
1: Oh yeah. I, I mean, if you're listening to old episodes just to be able to analyze the family from season one, you fucking get it.
0: Yeah. You fucking get it. I know it's a really unique, it'll be interesting to see the way that this listenership changes when the Hulu show comes back. Cause I do think there's a lot more people that, you know, just care about the more current recaps, but I'm so grateful to this particular audience because it's like they're in the weeds with us. I know. And every week, every week that we do this, we hit a point where I'm
1: like, why why is somebody gonna listen to this? And then people will DM us and they'll have like additional thoughts to what we've discussed, either like just the news of the week or in old episodes. And I'm like, Fuck yeah, that's why people listen to it because they want to discuss these little niche things that they would have never gotten the chance to think about season four, episode 13 of Keeping Up With The Kardashians unless
0: a podcast was doing it. Well, it's funny because you know how sometimes people will message us and be like, guys, literally no one in my life cares about this stuff in the way that you guys do. Like, I'm so grateful for this. And we're like, that's so nice, but we're so grateful to you. (laughs) Like, I was thinking that if we were each other, but we didn't have a podcast, I would listen to this for this exact reason cuz like i care that, about those niche little things. I have to say that
1: i'm so grateful that we started watching Kardashians from the beginning because i've picked up on so much stuff, not just things that i forgot about happening, but things that because we've started analyzing them in the way we have from the episodes i never would have thought about. Like i such tiny little details of the show that would have gone completely over my head that i now look at and can apply it to the way we look at them now. And I'm so lucky that we get to do
0: that. It's funny because Isabel has been doing rewatches of every single Housewives franchise, which just feels really overwhelming to me. But then I think that's exactly what we're doing. And she always says that. She's always like, I feel like I have such a better understanding. You really should do it. And I should do it, but I forgot I'm doing this. (laughs) So it's like, how many rewatches from the 2000s can you do at one time? You might forget what year it is if you do that. I know. No, but you're so right. I, I do think that it Makes us far more like educated and (laughs) educated, educated and aware viewers of this next season. And also, not just this season, just as things are happening. Like, I don't think that I would have been as not interested to analyze, but I don't think that I would have had the same perspective about everything that's happened with Chloe and Tristan if I didn't watch the earlier seasons as recently as I have.
1: There's this funny joke in How I Met Your Mother where they watch Star Wars like every three years. And they talk about where they are at their lives and how it's changed since the last time they've watched Star Wars. And that's how I feel about Kardashians. And I was just thinking it. And I was like, the last time I did a rewatch, it was senior year of college. And we were all living in the house together, like everyone my age, all my whole group of friends living in the house, rewatching it together. We would all come home from class and sit in the living room and watch it because it was playing on E!, And at the exact same time that I was doing that, I would leave the room and comments was still a complete secret. None of them knew about it. And I would go into the little bathroom and I would be on the phone with you doing calls. And then I would walk back into the room and finish watching Kardashians with them. None of them had any idea. And I just think about the fact of like, that was the last time I did a full rewatch of Kardashians and where we are now doing it is absolutely one of the most mind blowing things I can think of.
0: That is so full circle, Julie. Don't you think so? I never yeah. thought about it until just now. Wait, I've never thought about it. Like, you've never s- expressed it to me in that way until right now, because obviously I wasn't with you at that time because I had graduated. Holy shit, that's crazy. That should make you feel really good, though. Honestly, like about how <laughs> how far we come as we sit here at eleven fifteen at night talking about Kim in two thousand five. But really, like you know, it was just a dream at that point, And look at what it's turned into. No, it's. I mean, it's unbelievable. I never really thought about it like that, but that's so crazy. That's fucking That is really, really crazy. Wow. Wow, I know. <laughs> okay, well, that was fun.
1: The one thing that we didn't talk about, which is absolutely wild is, and by wild, I mean not surprising at
0: all somehow, is Tristan and Kanye having dinner in Miami. I think it's really ballsy and amazing how all of the articles that feature it are like Kardashian rejects <laughs> join each other for dinner. And that's one thing I never want to be known as in my whole life.
1: Well, they're kind of, you know, joining forces with Larsa at this point. They should. And you know what? They were in Miami. They should have invited her. That wasn't nice because Larsa just
0: really went to bat for Kanye, too. But did you watch the. I know you watched one episode with me, I think, but did you watch the most recent Miami? No, right? No. You got to watch it. It is so interesting. I mean, I talked about this at length on Bravo. Obviously, I think that there's a lot of issues that Larsa has in terms of the way that she handles things. I think she lacks a lot of sophistication and grace, but there's this other cast member, Adriana, and she really is baiting Lars. So like all she wants is a sound bite about her talking about the Kardashians. And you see nothing gets her more angry than that because on I don't know if it's just fear-based. I don't think it just is. You can tell she still has a lot of respect for the family and Kim specifically. And it's like the one hot button issue for her. And just to watch her react, it, it's really, I think you would like enjoy it or not enjoy it, but appreciate it. I completely forgot about this, but did you
1: ever make the point that I said to you about Larsa and the Kardashians? What was it? How I was saying, it's so interesting to hear Larsa say that the reason her and Kim stopped being friends or that Kim dropped her is because she knew too much. And in when reality, when you're really looking at that situation, if anything, it's a reason to keep her. And it just goes to show what Larsa must have done in order to be
0: dropped with as much information as she had. I don't think I made that point, but I'm so glad you just said it. I obviously think I forgot it that you said that. Yeah. Was that a walking in Florida point? Yeah, I think so. Because I was saying like, there are people who knew way more than Larsa.
1: Steph Shep knows way more than Larsa. It's just a matter of being trustworthy versus untrustworthy. And if you know as much as you know, you don't get dropped. (laughs) If anything, you get promoted. Right, exactly. Why do you think Jonathan's still hanging around? Right. So it's so interesting to hear her spin it in that way. when When you really look at it, you're like, That's really
0: flawed logic. Well, yeah. yeah. And again, though, I still don't fully know. Of course, we have a feeling of of what happened. You know, we, we understood the way that she was dealing with the press, but we don't know for sure. And I don't know if we'll ever know. I don't know either. Yeah. Okay. Well, we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. This is our last episode of the week. We will be back on Monday.